Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, I'm going to do something I've been wanting to do here for a while. And let's get a few former voices from On Enquirer. Uh, back on the podcast and my big topic today is who's good in the Big Ten I think Purdue is good at least regular season good but who else is good in the Big Ten is the Big Ten good at all Uh, it's crazy every night you just see these teams kind of beating up each other will it have an impact in March yet again where the Big Ten really struggles in the NCAA tournament we will see but right now Ken Palm projects Purdue to go 15 and 5 Rutgers to go 13 and 7 and then nine teams to win between 10 and 11 games. Parity? Is it just mediocrity? We sort it out. Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports, of course, formerly of Illini Inquirer. And Trevor Valise, our guy who's now at Field of 68, used to be a producer here for Illini Inquirer. I bring them on the podcast to sort out who's good, who's a fraud, who do they still believe in, and, of course, we dive into Illinois basketball as well Uh, so it's a fun conversation getting you ready for Illinois Michigan State of course tonight big game as we recorded this on a Friday but figure we go a little more conference view with Trevor Valise and Isaac Trotter that's coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, figure we get the crew back together. And let's talk a little college hoops. We've been so Illini-focused. The Big Ten is insane. And two of the guys that you guys know well, uh, back from the Jeremy Warner Show days, it feels like so long ago. Uh, and, of course, both have had uh, their 10 years with Illini Inquirer. It's Trevor Valise of Field of 68, a producer over there with our, our boy Jeff Goodman, Rob Douster, and all of them, and Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports. Trevor, how you been, man? 
I'm doing good. You know, I'm tired. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, it's a seven day a week job, but I, I love what I'm doing and uh, I can't complain. So all's good over here. Good, good man working you hard. Like what's, what's the schedule like? I, I feel like I need the Illini public to know that Jeff Goodman is basically just Lante with connections. <laughs> the, the way that man texts, I feel like I'm talking a lot. There's a lot of exclamation points, a lot of periods, a lot of indentations, no slashes, no slashes on the ha-ha. But there's <laughs> there's a lot of Lante in Jeff Goodman where, you know, he'll get on and he'll be like, okay, now what the hell are we talking about? Or what are we doing? You know, help me set up the Zoom. So I just need you guys to know that because – if I tell anyone at work that, they don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it's perfect comp and the, ha- the, the slash ha-ha. I, I love yep. that. Isaac Trotter, how you been, man? Basketball season, grinding here. It's, it's been great. You know, everything's been good. A lot of basketball every week. And, you know, just getting to talk to Trevor and you guys and everything about, about basketball every night is kind of like my dream time. You know, like this is like the best time of the year for me. And, you know, I, I don't know how much my wife likes it, but like we just, I would just want to watch basketball every single night. I have like multiple screens and everything going on. So that, that's just how it is every single night during, during college basketball season. It's great. All right. So my first question to you guys, I didn't even have this in the rundown. Um, we got to ask this every year. Is the Big Ten good? Uh, Isaac, go. No, <laughs> I don't think they're good. I think they're, they're solid. I think they're really solid. But, I, I, you know, every single time I turn on an SEC game and see teams like Alabama flying around, I'm like, they don't have those type of athletes. So I think they're really good. I don't know if they're awesome or like have a, like a national championship hundred percent contender yet, but like, it, it's still one of those leagues where at the same time, like eventually at one point, the dam is going to break and there's going to be four or five teams in the sweet 16, just because the matchups went the right way. But at, at this point, I, I see teams with a little bit higher upside in a wide open college basketball. Trevor, what do you think? No, <laughs> I mean, the team in first place in the Big Ten has one quad one win, one quad three loss, four one possession games. The team in last place in the Big Ten has one quad one win, one quad three loss, four one possession games. Indiana is in last place, and they're ranked 10 spots higher than Michigan State, who is currently in first place. I No, I, I don't think there's a good – like, to Isaac's point, like, I, Brandon Miller would kill anyone in this Big Ten in an NCAA tournament game. Alabama stud. Like – I just don't, you know, obviously depending on the matchups and the context, sure, there's a few teams that can make a run and we can hit on them. But I just don't, I don't think this is a good league this year. I will say this, guys, I feel like the parity is, is the word here. And I know Purdue's had a lot of close games here recently. I still feel like everyone talks about, oh, the, this could be a really fun race. I feel like Purdue is going to win 14 or 15 games in the Big Ten. Like, I don't think they're going to be all that dangerous in the NCAA tournament. Like, high floor team, how high is their ceiling, I don't know. But kudos to Matt Painter. Like, I heard him talk about Braden Smith at Big Ten Media Days, Isaac. I'm like, ah, I don't buy that. But I should because Matt Painter is a really good coach, um, and and those freshman point guards have been really good. So uh, am I wrong to think that Purdue is the overwhelming favorite right here, Isaac? No, I don't think you're incorrect at all. And it's, it's just because they have such a high floor. And I, I kind of view like every single player on this Purdue team, their number one job is to give Zach Eady the basketball. And like when you have that on your roster where everybody's like their main job is that, that's a really good sign. But at the same time, like this team could be like 25 and one and I'd still be wondering if they're really that good. You know, like, like because like I, I look at some stuff like Purdue right now during five Big Ten games. Their net rating with Zach Eady off the floor is minus 15. When he's on the floor, it's plus 17. That's a 32-point swing. So it's like, how like how good is this team? How, can they win six games in the NCAA tournament? I don't know. 
they're an awesome regular season team because Zach Eady's going to get the ball every single time down the floor. They play defense this year at a higher level. Their defensive mistakes are way down compared to last year, even though last year's team was older. But again, I still think that, you know, you're one Zach Eady rolled ankle away from this team being very mediocre, yeah. very mediocre. I know they lost, but did you ever honestly feel like they were the number one team in the country? Like, like they're number one and you're sitting there going, I, I don't know, like, I guess, you know? Like, it, it feels like, to me, they feel like TCU. It's like, yeah, sure, they deserve to be there, but come on, I test, right? Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about Purdue. So who is the biggest challenger to Purdue? If Purdue does not win this league, who would you guys bet on today being that team? I I, I put down Illinois or Rutgers. And I'm half cheating on Rutgers because, just because they already beat him in Mackey, so it feels like they have a leg up on him in terms of, you know, Purdue has more home games, or I'm sorry, Rutgers has more home games and away games the rest of the year. They get Minnesota twice, they get Nebraska twice, they get Northwestern again. I could see them being in a scenario where as long as they take care of their business and they have like a tiebreaker over Purdue, they get there. But I don't know, like, I, I agree with you guys. I think Purdue should be, I don't know, minus 250 to win the Big Ten. Right? Like, I don't think there's... I don't think this is a neck and neck race, but if I look at two teams that, you know, have have enough to put together a run to either beat Purdue or just have a better record than them, I would say Illinois Rutgers. Yeah, and I love Rutgers. Steve Peichel, he should be there for a lifetime. It's like the perfect fit. Like they should never depart each other. Um, and that was a it's a fun team. Cam Spencer's exactly what they needed. They're great defensively. But if you're saying Rutgers is like a con, like a top contender, that 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 answers the question previously. Is the Big Ten right. good? Agreed. And, and I have the same two teams written down. I think this current iteration of Illinois is good enough. Like we've seen all year, how long does this stick around? Are we convinced that this can be consistent? I don't know yet. Well, I guess we'll find out. I feel like tonight's game against Michigan State is going to be a really big test for this team, if, if they're for real or not. I also go back to the schedule. This Illinois schedule is pretty soft yeah. compared to some of their Big Ten counterparts. So if they can take care of business at home. Now, granted, we said that before the season, and you're kind of penciling in the Northwestern at, on the road as a win. You're probably penciling in Penn State at home as a win, and you didn't get those. So you have to kind of catch up from those two games that you gave away. But this current iteration of Illinois is a team that can give Purdue a run because their half-court defense is the number one ranked team in the Big Ten, number five nationally according to Synergy, and only Illinois and Purdue and Michigan are the three teams with a top half of the Big Ten half-court offense and half-court defense. So those are the only the only three teams, really, that are elite kind of on both ends right now. And Michigan's pretty mediocre in other aspects of, of their, you know, their bench and everything. But at the same time, like, the reason why Illinois could give Purdue a run is their depth. I think this is a one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the Big Ten. And if you are able to keep this consistent half-court elite defense together, that's a team that can give them a run. And, and you have a guy that you think could – or you have multiple pieces that you think could match up against Zach Eady in this matchup. So I feel like that one big game between those two teams is going to be really, really huge in how this thing goes. At the same time, though, like Illinois ha – like I, I have no confidence that they can keep this consistency going because we haven't – this is not a consistent team. So yeah. that's kind of where the state of the Big Ten is right now when your second team that could give Purdue a run is maybe the most inconsistent team in college basketball so far this season. Yeah, let, let's bring up Illinois just a little bit. If they were 3-2, and two, I'd feel a lot better about it, right? Just, just having that extra loss at this point, whether it's the home loss uh, to uh, Penn State or, or the road loss at Rutgers – 
that one could really come back and haunt him in, in the Big Ten race. Uh, but, yeah, when you pass the eye test like they have uh, in certain games, the last two games, we know what they did early in the non-conference. There's just not teams that have looked that good in the Big Ten. Like, th- them at their best have looked great, but can they have the consistency, Trevor, to rattle off the six or seven wins in a row it's going to take to, to overcome an 0-3 start? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't think they're going to. I mean, obviously the jury's still out, but I would be surprised if at this point forward, because at a certain point it's just math, right? Like if you start 0-3 and you want to win the Big Ten and you think about what was it, what got them there last year, 15-5, and five, right, in a tie situation? Now, obviously I don't think this Big Ten is going to be as great. Like 12-8 and eight could win the Big Ten if Purdue struggles a few times. I don't know. But if you start doing the math, like, you know, Illinois is going to need to go four or five games above 500 at least the rest of the way to be in that discussion obviously you only get Purdue once at their place I think it's the last game of the year is that right or the second to last game it's something the last like game. that yeah so I mean yes you could go into that situation where maybe if everything falls your way that's a like win and you win the Big Ten type of type of thing but again like prove it you know like I'm not going to sit here today and say that's going to happen it could happen but I don't think that's the more likely thing to happen Isaac, I guess the, the bullish take would be maybe outside of Jalen Pickett, you got the best guard in the Big Ten? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And you could argue that you might have the best um, path to guarding Zach Eady as well because yeah. you have multiple ways that you can guard him. You can play one-on-one with Dane Danger if you want. You can try to trap everything like Houston tried to last year against Kofi. Like, those are the two paths to it. And you need – TSJ to be the best player on the floor in, in that type of matchup. But again, this is a team like I, I still think that there's still untapped upside because we still haven't seen the RJ Melendez breakout game. I think that's coming eventually with the way he can shoot the basketball. You still have different ways that you can win games. And I feel like Purdue has one recipe to win. And Illinois, I think, has four or five. Now, can you get that A-plus version on that one night? I guess we'll find out. All right, guys, let's move on to fraud alert. What, what team is, is off to a pretty good start that you're not buying at all? I mean, Northwestern's the easy answer if you're just going to go for a little – I mean, it's not a cop-out, but do I think Northwestern is going to finish second in the Big Ten where they currently said no? Um, their defense is top 15 in the nation. I think that's legit, obviously. But, you know, you beat an Illinois team that's reeling. You beat an Indiana team that's down two starters and is clearly reeling. I think – I want to say Wisconsin just because I fundamentally hate everything about Wisconsin basketball and how they're – the way they build their program but you have to respect it um but the easier answer is northwestern in that i don't think they're going to stay they're not going to be a double by team come come tournament time is northwestern an ncaa tournament team right now they are if you if you froze everything today kentucky would miss it northwestern would be in come on trev march is are they an ncaa tournament team? No. <laughs> isaac I, I went wisconsin over northwestern those are the two that i circled as well and uh, the thing with Wisconsin this year, if you look at Ken Palm, it's like, oh, their defense is fine. But if you kind of dig into it a little bit more, their defense has not been very good this year. Half court defensively, they're 12th in the Big Ten. That's a problem. And then uh, obviously losing Tyler Wall for a couple games really hurts. But I-, I just look at this offense that they're running out as well, too. It's like they get so stagnant so quickly. And it's like, okay, Tyler Wall, you can't go under screens to Chucky Hepburn because he's really good. Stephen Crowell has his moments. Connor Seijan comes off the bench and can give you a little bit. And after that, it's like, what else is there? So when you don't, you have like this very limited offensive, you know, personnel, and then you can't play defense at times as well. 
that's that's a little iffy for me. And, you know, I think the writing on the wall a little bit, even with Wall healthy, was that weird 63-60 win over Minnesota. Now, Wall did get hurt in that game, didn't play the whole game, I don't think. But that was kind of like the writing on the wall that things were off a little bit. And even in late non-conference play, they were messing around with really bad teams and not playing very well. So I, I don't know. I'm just not really in on this current iteration of Wisconsin because I don't think they have enough offense, and I don't think their defense is as good as yeah. maybe it looks on the surface right now. Yeah, you I heard that pun. Don't don't go past that pun. The writing on the wall, by <laughs> the wall. Come on. Yeah, if Tyler Wall were healthy the last couple of games, I think they might have one more win. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go Northwestern just because I don't believe in that offense. I, I just I don't boo-booing chase audige they're old that's nice it's probably going to make them more competitive than we we thought but it's just inefficient the only reason they scored 73 against illinois is illinois couldn't stop following just just stop following uh in that game all right i've been watching ted lasso with the wife she loves it uh so it's a great rewatch so i'm gonna name this one after uh lasso the lasso believe hit the sign what team's struggling early that you still believe in isaac ohio state I, I can't I quit love Ohio State. What? Can't quit them. No, I, it's like a, it's just like a, it's like a bad thing that I have for them. Like I just, I just can't. Like I still really like this team, and I think last night was a really bad loss and a little fluky with some of the things that they did, and they nearly somehow won at the end against Minnesota. But this is still like arguably the deepest team in the Big Ten. I think that Bryce Sensabaugh is a star. Justice Suing has had moments where he looks like himself again. Now, my one concern with Ohio State is when they're at their best offensively, it's a it's a little weird. It's like a lot of fadeaway mid-range jumpers from Suing and Sensabaugh at times. So that's a little bit of a concern. But at the end of the day, I still think this team has an untapped upside that they can get to, especially if Zed Key starts getting back and playing healthy. And, and we've seen them go toe-to-toe with Purdue and nearly win that game. We've seen them go toe-to-toe with North Carolina and probably should have won that game just to kind of weird things happen at the end of that game as well so this is Ohio State team that's young they're deep they have a chance to be really really good it's just kind of take them a little bit of time and again that injury does that key really change things so I think we could be having a completely different conversation about Ohio State if he doesn't get hurt and they don't lose these last couple games yeah it feels like the team that I don't think is going to win the Big Ten but they might be the one to get to the Sweet 16 uh Trevor who you got yeah I put down Iowa 0-3 a week ago, lose Patrick McCaffrey, then you go to the rack and win by double digits because, sure. I mean, that's a legit win. I I know you could look at at the Indiana and the Michigan games and say, you know, okay, you were down 21 to Indiana, then Race Thompson goes down. They should have never won that game last night, but they end up winning in overtime. I, I get it. But in terms of a team that I can't quit, you know, you think about Chris Murray, Rebracha has been oddly very competent for them against against decent competition so far I just with the way they shoot it obviously right the way they play at home that's a team where I you know they're 0-3 and now they're right back in at a 3-3 and so I can't give up on them just because of the way they can look I mean it, it's not Warriors right but it, it does feel Warriors-esque in Iowa City when they're down 10 and then you blink and they're up two and you're like what what just happened <laughs> and they've won three straight games Indiana Rutgers Michigan despite Tony Perkins not playing well. So I think that talks about their depth. Uh, They just created Peyton Sanford out of an Iowa avatar, basically. And and he's just, he makes huge shots. Chris Murray has had the season everyone thought he could have. Uh, They got depth. And and that offense is just different than everybody. Like, Isaac, I know you were really high on Iowa coming into the season. I was too. I picked them third uh, in the league. Uh, It's just because they're a little bit different than everybody. They, They give challenges that other teams in this league really don't. 
Yeah, the one thing with Iowa too is that like they've arguably not seen their best version of basketball yet either because early in the season, you know, you're talking about a guy like Peyton Sanford who's a knockdown shooter who couldn't buy a bucket. He was 0 for 19 from three, I think, and or from the field in their first three Big Ten games. And then he gets back, gets rolling, but then Tony Perkins can't play defense now and gets benched in the second half and plays five minutes and then doesn't even play an overtime against Michigan. Oh, and then you still don't have Patrick McCaffrey back. So we still haven't seen, like, the, the team that both you and I really loved and picked high in the Big Ten early in the preseason. We still haven't seen that group come together. I'm still not sure if that if we, we will ever see that, though. Yeah. That's that's maybe my concern. Yeah, Tony Perkins is key to that for me. All right, completely average. What team are you most convinced finishes exactly at 10-10, and 10, which I think Ken Palm currently projects seven Big Ten teams to finish 10-10. and 10. So, Trevor, 10-10 and 10 team, who you got? Do you guys honestly believe that, like, three-fourths of this league is going to finish 10-10? and 10? I, in my mind, I'm like, there's going to have to be some sorting out. But then I look at it, I'm like, I don't know. Like, like, do you honestly believe the difference between a double buy in the Big Ten tournament and playing on Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament will be like half a game? No, but it might be two. Spin the wheel. I don't name a team. I'll make a case. I don't. Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan. I don't like. I'll say Michigan. I guess because that strikes me as a team that is going to have ten very good performances and ten very questionable ones. But, I mean, I could make a case for half a dozen teams here. Isaac? Yeah, I had Penn State written down uh, just because I think that there's going to be 10 games where all their threes drop, and then there's going to be 10 games where they can't make a three, and that's kind of how it feels like with them. And I love Jalen Pickett because I compare him to Kofi a little bit in a different way. Like, Penn State doesn't play five-out basketball. They really play four-out, one-in, and Jalen Pickett is their one guy in at six-foot-four, not Illinois at seven-foot. 285 pounds so I, I would go Penn State just because I think against certain matchups they're going to really struggle like if you have an elite back to the basket big man they're probably going to give up like 25 26 points a game to that to those type of players but then when their threes are dropping they're gonna beat a lot of teams so I, I think that they're really good and a lot better than what I expected them to be but I still think they'll finish 10 and 10 in the league and honestly finishing 10 and 10 in the league with their roster isn't a bad thing at all yeah. no I'd be that'd be a huge huge season for Micah Shrewsbury I'm going with Michigan with Trev. Like I just, the, the roster doesn't make a lot. Of, I I didn't like their off season. Um, I, I thought they really needed a different shooter. Of course, if they have Terrence Shannon, we might be talking about a different story here. It's it just I watch this team and it and it feels like a bunch of individuals, doesn't it? Like I, I just I just don't see a connectedness. But they have enough talent that they should win ten games. Like they should win more than ten games. I just I don't know. I just feel uninspired when I watch Michigan basketball. I don't understand Juwan Howard's rotations at all. Like, I don't get it. Like, his infatuation with Terrence Williams, I, someone, what, why? Like, I don't understand it. There's times where Terrence Williams will knock down some threes or sometimes he'll play some defense. But for the most part, there, there's often games where he plays 31 minutes of cardio and doesn't really give them much. And then last night, they go to big lineup with Terrace Reed and and uh, Hunter Dickinson together. And I'm like, did you not learn from last year? Like, the Musa Diabate yeah. – like the the two big lineup last year didn't work at all. I, I just don't understand the rotations that they're running. And obviously losing Jalen Llewellyn hurts and Joey Baker has not been what they expected him to be this year, but they're thin and the rotations are funky. And there's only so much that Jet Howard can do. Like Jet yeah. and Hunter have been their best two players, but outside of that, it's like Kobe Bufkin's had up and down. Doug McDaniel's been up and down, but it, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, like guys that think could be good you think could be really good but it just doesn't mesh and then these rotations just 
just bother me. It's just it's really frustrating. It's fourteen and eleven the last two years in the Big Ten with with Hunter Dickinson. That's that's not that great to me. Well, and teams are getting away with double teaming to him like crazy because they don't pass the basketball well enough to get it to Jet for the open looks. Sometimes he'll get his open looks, and then he'll other times like when they don't get the basketball in either of those two guys' hands, it's ugly sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's really ugly. So it's it's just frustrating because like if if they play some certain lineups, like there's there's guys on their bench that don't play very much that I, I'd like to see get given a shot. Like Isaiah Barnes had a game where he comes out knocks down two big threes for them against Kentucky and then now he's AWOL and can't get on the floor and they don't want to play four out with with Hunter Dickinson inside I just don't understand it a little bit and maybe maybe that pivot is coming and maybe John Howard has something up his sleeve but it's, it's been frustrating to watch that team because they should be a lot better than what they are all right Nebraska and Minnesota need company guys kudos to Ben Johnson I thought he was gonna have a heart attack towards the end of that game last night but to get uh the all access stuff is is phenomenal uh, by the way I love watching that but uh, Nebraska-Minnesota will finish under 500 uh, in this league. You need another team. So if you have another team that no doubt finishes under 500 in this league, who would you pick right now? Go, Trevor. First of all, I almost feel like they need no announcers on the all-access. Yeah. Because it, it almost feels like the, the play-by-play guy is, is, is sort of in this awkward position where he doesn't quite know what to narrate and what to let the coaches narrate. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like if they just leaned into it further and said, listen, if you're here to – to watch the game like a normal person find find other entertainment because this is just going to be the coaches talking but i digress i'm saying indiana they're one and four they're missing two starters that means they'd need to win nine more games at least to finish at 500 and they still have illinois twice michigan state twice purdue twice wisconsin twice find me nine wins with the current roster construction toughest schedule in the league right um Isaac, I, I'll raise my hand. I picked Indiana by default is is the leader in this conference because I, listen, I hated it, but it was just because I didn't know who else to pick. Right? No, no one thought Purdue would be this good. No one thought their guards would be this good. They had a terrible off season, in my opinion. But it turns out Matt Painter was right. Like I liked Michigan State, but I thought they were a center away, and I still think they're a center away from being the best team in the league. Um, so I picked them, but I didn't think it'd be this. Like they. Their defense is atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because at the beginning of the season, it was like, okay, what are the two things that we have big questions about with Indiana? Well, they can't shoot. Well, they can shoot this year. They're shooting really good this year. Like, let me pull it up on Ken Palm. I think they are, yeah, 37.8% from three this year, top 35 in the country. That, That works. But they can't guard. And that was one thing I kept watching, like re, re, like writing and talking about this year. It's like, yeah, they have a lot of the same pieces back, but they're playing these younger guys. Like Tamar Bates didn't play a lot last year. Jalen hood Shafino didn't play, obviously, with for them last year. Like, are we expecting them to be really good defensively? And they were a mess against Penn State with a lot of new faces in there. Like, they had some defensive breakdowns that were atrocious. They gave up 18 threes to Penn State. And, Trev, you took the words out of my mouth. Like, their schedule is daunting. I don't I don't see the path to 11 Big Ten wins here at all. So I do think that they're going to finish under 500. And, you know, Trace Jackson Davis has put the team on his back, had a triple-double, like trying to convince for a triple-double. So like, much so that it's hurting his back. <laughs> exactly exactly and so we have a situation now with like with this indiana team had all this pre like preseason hype all this hoopla and everyone's gonna go well what went wrong and they'll go oh it's just the injuries i don't know if it was just the injuries because when they were fully right it still didn't look pretty it still did not look pretty against good teams they have not beaten a team that's top 100 in ken bomb since november 
and that and now maybe that ends tomorrow but like that's that's a long time that's a great point i i, I was gonna say like I, I think they lose to penn state by five if they're healthy it's just that they weren't healthy and they lost by 25 and it was a layup line but i i don't know that if we're sitting here a month from now and they've got five more losses i don't think we're sitting here going well if only they had race thompson you know those five losses would then be wins i don't think so you know what's interesting, guys, is like I thought Mike Woodson would always be a good defensive coach no matter what. Like I didn't like that hire. I, I thought that hire was weak. I, I just thought Indiana can do better. Like, I think they should aspire to be high. The, we thought, could he recruit? He's actually recruited really well by the rankings, but Trevor, I, I think your guys brought this up. Uh, Hummel and, and Goodman were talking about this. The roster construction doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, Sure, there's a lot of talent there, but... Uh, I know they're shooting a little bit better, but th- I still don't buy them as some great shooting team. Um, and, and these pieces just don't seem to fit all together. I mean, race and trace are great players. They're not really, they don't really compliment each other all that well. Renew doesn't compliment trace all that well. So uh, the roster construction, though they've recruited well by the rankings, it just hasn't made a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and again, like to Isaac's point too, it, I, and to your point, I don't really know, a lot of people picked them to win the Big Ten, right? Because, again, it was sort of a default answer based yeah. on who they had coming back. But, I mean, I'll repeat it again. Like, they were under 500. Half their team was suspended against Northwestern last year. They put together a great three weeks, which, great. But, I mean, they make the tournament, and St. Mary's just blasts them. I mean, they won, like, 83 to 50-something, and the highlight of the game was the cheerleader getting the ball down. <laughs> like, that's all anyone remembers from that game. So, I, I don't know. I just it, it didn't make sense going into it. Uh, there were weird offseason quotes from Woodson that we've brought up, right? Where he says like, I don't know what he said something like threes don't matter, long twos are fine. I don't. He's he, he's just been weird. And watching Jeff Goodman squirm as a side note on on Indiana has been a, a, a small joy of mine so far this year. Well, and it's a shame because Jalen Hood Shafino's been awesome. Yeah, like really really good shooting the three way better than we thought. Like. He has moments where he looks like the Big Ten freshman of the year in a loaded Big Ten freshman of the year race, and it doesn't matter. And, like, that's, that's like, the frustrating part because, like, this roster should be a lot better than what it is, and that's on Woodson at this point. And the frustrating part for Indiana fans, you might only have Hood Shafino for one year, right, and, and might not be able to make the most of it. All right, guys, uh, who's your favorite player to watch right now in the league? Isaac, I'll let you go first. I mean, it's Bryce Sensabaugh. Second year in a row, Ohio State freshman is my guy. Like, if you look at Bryce so Sensabaugh's shot chart, it's just like, okay, at the rim, red, well above average. Mid-range, red, well above average. From three, well above average. Like, he is an elite three-level scorer. And he kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, David Roddy from Colorado State. Just like a kind of like an awkward body. Maybe like a Ron Harper Jr., a yeah. little bit like awkwardish body. But he just gets buckets, man. Like, he has been awesome so far this year. So he's been... He's been really good uh, defensively as an issue, but offensively, like I'm just here to watch buckets and he's going to provide them almost every single night. And then the, the second guy is probably Jet. Like Jet has been really, really fun at moments too. And I think he pulled from the logo yesterday a couple of times against Iowa and, and knocked the one down. Like he's been awesome. Those two freshmen have been really good. The youth in, like, in this league is really, really talented. Who is the freshman of the year right now, Isaac? I'd go Sensabaugh probably. But yeah, G- I think it is Sensabaugh, but like this Sensabaugh, Howard, and Hood Shafino combo is a, a really, really tough race. Like it, it is a tough race. And I don't think Indiana's going to win enough. I'm not sure Michigan is going to win enough. And then Ohio State's on this losing streak now. So it's like this weird, like kind of balance. But Sensabaugh has been the most important player for Ohio State so far this year. So I would give him the nod there just because Hood Shafino has Trace and then Jet obviously has Hunter. But 
Bryce doesn't have a lot of help, and he's kind of going for 19 every single night, even though he's the number one guy in the scouting report. Trevor, who's your favorite player? Isaac and his Ohio State freshman. He just he can't quit him. I wrote down two. One picket for the reason Isaac mentioned. I just freaking love. He's a walking triple-double, first yep. of all. I love the fact that he will, like, back down Caleb first and score and then take on the point guard and score. Like, I don't know if it's like a no fear thing on top of talent or what it is, but that guy just does not give an F on the court. And he's just flying around everywhere getting triple doubles. I love his game. If, if Trent uh, Frazier had not come back for a fifth year, I wonder if he'd be at Illinois right now. Hmm. That's a good question. Because they liked him. They liked him a lot, but Trent came back. And hey, it worked out for Illinois and Trent, but it's just uh, interesting. Who knows? Other guy I wrote down, Cliff Omarui. Oh. His similarity, I, I like the <clears throat> similarity score on Ken Palm. His similarity score is Armando Baycott last year. Dude's nuts. I mean, he goes up against Edie and dunks on him like every year so far. Like, I just did it to Kofi game. last year. Yeah. I, I think he's a crazy underrated player in terms of when we talk about the big men in the Big Ten. I think everybody mentions, well, at least last year, right? He was probably like fifth or sixth, but he should have been second or third in that discussion. Um, and I, I just, I really like watching him. The other Rutgers guy on that team that's really fun is Mawat Mag. Watching him play defense is he is a freak defensively. Like he is everywhere at all times. Like he's so locked in. So that whole Rutgers team just watching them defend. And then you could throw in Cam Spencer if he wants some offense. Like that's a really, really interesting team sometimes. Yeah, and I think Cam Spencer just makes Paul Mulcahy's job even better. He doesn't have to score as much. He lets everybody else do everything. Caleb McConnell doesn't have to score as much. I love Steve Peichel's team. Like he's he might be my coach of the year. Like Matt Painter is gonna be in that discussion. I love watching Rutgers. Like, everything you want out of a Rutgers basketball team, they are, man. Like, they might not have the talent to, to compete uh, with, with some teams. Like, maybe not the talent to, to be a, an Elite Eight team at some point, but watching them every night is, is a joy because they play hard, they play together, and they just have the pieces, unlike some of these other teams we're talking about, that just complement each other so well. So, like... One of my favorite teams to watch so far during Big Ten play is Rutgers because you know what you're going to get every night. Well, I think. It, oh, go ahead, Jeff. I, I think if they're like a seven, and they get a two, that I'm, I'm trying to think of who would be a two right now. Like I, I don't know. I'm that could be an upset matchup in my opinion if they get the right. Again, all about context, right? But I think they're one of the Big Ten teams that they got Texas. Depending on, depending on the matchup, I could see them making a Sweet Sixteen. No, I agree. And the one thing I, I was going to say about Rutgers that I love is their attention to detail on the scouting report is so good every single game. Like, they are so well coached in that regard. Like, if you're not a shooter, they will help off of you every single time. And they, it feels like every single guy on their team knows exactly what their job is supposed to be. Hey, I'm Cam Spencer. I'm supposed to make big shots in big moments, and I'm not afraid to do those things. I'm Paul Mulcahy. I know that I'm supposed to handle the basketball and run the show and get into the lane and make decisions and draw two defenders. I'll do that every game. Like, Kayla McConnell, I'm going to play defense. Cliff, I'm going to dunk on your face every single game. Like, he just – everybody does their job every single time, and their scouting reports are awesome. And let's not forget, they should have one more Big Ten win other than for that Ohio State disaster where they that should not have counted, and they should be have one more Big Ten win and have even more hype right now. I'm disappointed neither of you – um, mentioned Kisei Tomonaga from Nebraska. He is. Just, oh, I knew you were taking him, so I knew I didn't have to write him down. It's just a joy to watch. Though I was really disappointed in him. Didn't fall on that ball. RJ Melendez beat him to it. So kudos, RJ, uh, for the hustle star there. The other one for me, Isaac, is uh, Dane Danger. His defense, man. Uh, it's going to be huge. If Illinois is going to make a run, I think Dane Danger, his defense is going to be 
uh, absolutely monstrous moving forward. I know we hit on a little bit of Illinois, but I, I just want you guys, you guys, before we get out of here, you get your take. You get to throw out whatever take you have on Illinois. So, Trevor, go ahead. What do you think of this Illinois team? How do you think they end up? I think the Nebraska game was the most encouraging one we've seen since Texas, probably. I think even if you looked at the Wisconsin win, to me at least, that felt more like Coleman hit six threes and Wisconsin was missing Tyler Wall. Like, I don't think you'd look at that in a vacuum and go, okay, that solved everything. Copy paste that performance against any top 15 team and you're coming out with a win in that game. Now, I think the Nebraska game, in, in, a, in an opposite way, just like maybe people were overrating they got off the schneid against Wisconsin, I think people are underrating them winning by 26 at Nebraska because Nebraska was 6-1 and one at home, 7-0 and oh against the spread. It was a three-point spread, and you won by, I think, 26. Like, I, I don't think pe- – some people probably look at that and go, okay, great, you know, they beat Nebraska. Nebraska's tough at home this year. I, I think you should view that win just as important as you would view a win at – I mean, it sounds crazy, but, you know, Michigan right now or something like that. Um, So the way the ball moved in that game, like that was just so – it was such a crisp game all around. For It just felt like the ball was humming. Everybody was making the right decision. Everybody was hustling. Like I know RJ still missed a few badly, and then he made a few. That such is the RJ Melendez experience so far this year. But to me, that's a performance that I think is the most uh, build upon it going forward type performance you've had in a while which is why I'm very curious to see what they look like tonight against Michigan State again welcome to the Big Ten where Michigan State is in first place right now but Illinois is favored by six and a half and climbing tonight like that's just what it is being at home in the Big Ten but I I honestly think that Nebraska performance was the most encouraging performance I've seen in a a month plus I don't think that's a hot take by any means but I just think that that truly is something that can build upon going forward here Isaac what you got yeah, I'm with you, Trev. I just think that every time that this team sits down and plays defense, they're nasty, like really, really nasty defensively. And that's one thing I feel like I can count on with them every night. But, man, I can't I can't lie. I still have this weird feeling in my gut that we're just going to see some, some reversing, like reversing back to some of these bad habits. Like, I don't know why. I just, I, I just kind of still feel like eventually you're going to have a game or two where those bad habits creep in again. And so I'm just interested to see how this team handles a little success again. Like they handled success not that great the last time after Texas. And so now it's like, oh, the vibes are good. Like we got like our team back together. We're playing good now. Like how do we handle that? So I, I think that when they sit down and play defense, they're really good. But I, I was kind of working on this take with, with a couple of you. It's just like, like, should we have seen this bipolar team coming a little yeah, bit? I think a lot of us did. I think, I think yeah. a lot of us knew the, the ups and downs would happen. I didn't think they'd – lose both Penn State and Northwestern. Like if right. they were if they were 12 and 4, 3 and 2 in the Big 10, I'd say that's about right with some good wins. I I could have predicted the Missouri game before the year. It seems like every year that that happens. But this is kind of the Brad Underwood formula. It's just my question is this team will be an NCAA tournament team in my opinion. This team will be dangerous. Uh, maybe it's got a chance in the last 2 weeks, uh, maybe outside chance of, of winning the Big 10. Uh, I just think they have too much talent, too much versatility, too much depth. And to be honest with you, I, I know people questioned him a couple weeks ago, but Brad Underwood's a good coach. And I, I think they're going to figure this thing out. And I think they are right now. I still think they have the great schedule ahead of them. I just don't know if the consistency is going to be there. And for me, the guy I look to for that is Terrence Shannon. Um, he was a ghost against Northwestern. He was a ghost against uh, Penn State. That guy cannot have eight shot attempts or seven shot attempts in a game. 
When you see him like he was against Wisconsin, Nebraska, being aggressive to the rim, it seems like everybody else settles in when he does that. So that that's the key for me is because he is the best guard in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Maybe Jet's more talented. Maybe he's got a higher ceiling. Maybe Bryce Sensor. You know, some of these guys maybe have a higher ceiling in the NBA, but uh, he's an NBA guard, and he needs to play like it and play like the alpha, and he has the last couple games. And he sets the tone for everybody else because I think Jaden Epps' aggressiveness to get into the lane really blends off of what Terrence Shannon's doing as well. And I look at Epps right now as like, we saw what Malachi Branham did down the stretch last year for Ohio State, becoming like an asserting himself as one of the best players in the Big Ten. Like Epps, maybe not quite at that level because of the rest of the other team and, and how many talented guys they have on that team compared to what Ohio State had last year. But I think Epps could have a similar type of ascent into being like, hey, you want to go average 13, 14, 15 points a game down the stretch? You can do that. And Terrence set the tone by, hey, I'm going to attack the rim as often as I can. And now you're seeing Jaden get into the lane a lot. And he creates a lot of really good looks for his teammates too. So if you can have Terrence play like the best you know, guard in the Big Ten and you have Jaden play like an all-Big Ten freshman down the stretch, I think that's when you can start to see this team be really, really scary because they got four, five, six guys that can win a game for you on any given night yeah Trevor and the other guy I want to shout out is like I know he's only had 10 points the last couple games Matthew Meyer I think has played his best games <laughs> at least complete games like he obviously Texas was ridiculous he scored 21 against Alabama A&M had 17 against Northwestern I didn't think he played that well in that game um but just the team basketball he's played he, he still has defensive possessions that aren't that great but uh, just the way he's moved the ball, I just think it connects everybody. So to see him get going, because it allows Coleman, it allows Terrence, it allows Jaden, all these other guys. Matt can make a bunch of money hitting corner threes and passing the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right that I think the defense still leaves a little bit to be desired. I don't want to declare that. I don't want to declare overall that, like when Isaac says this team's going to have a few more hiccups, I'm not saying they are, and I completely agree with that. I don't think now it's like, well – everybody's good everybody's solved like here we go they're gonna you know go 15 and 2 down the stretch here but I I think both Meyer and Shannon the last few games have been extremely encouraging just based on the tenacity on both ends the effort getting downhill passing like all that all that stuff has looked a lot better the last two games and I don't you know from a national narrative perspective a lot of the guys who jump on these calls before our shows because they know I'm the Illinois guy goes man how much did everybody hate Sky Clark? Because it looks like everybody's suddenly <laughs> passing the ball ten times better. And I, and I push back on that a little bit to them, right? Like I'm not like, yep, that that was it. That was the sole reason why everybody's just flipped a switch all of a sudden. But I mean, you kind of have to at least bring it up, right? Because yeah. again, like some of these guys' passing looks like night and day from a month ago to now. One more before we let you go. Um, who's 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 your favorite team in college basketball right now? Like who who's the national title contender? The team you think is the definite final four team. You guys watch a lot more college basketball nationally than I do. Every time Alabama comes on, like they just pop off the screen. Like there's still some issues with them because they're young and they got some like the guard play can be a little bit inconsistent, but Brandon Miller is huge and long and athletic. Noah Clowney, super long and athletic. They're deep. Dom Welch is a guy from St. Bonaventure, the transfer, who's a really nice piece for them that still hasn't asserted himself. So I really like that team. And, I mean, here comes Kansas again. Like, I like I know that they've been a little bit um, like lucky in some late game scenarios with getting the favorable calls at home, but they're playing different this year. Five out. Kevin McCullough has been a, they don't have a big man. I mean, right. how about that, Isaac? Like, they're playing with KJ Adams as their five. 
Yeah, and he's been great. He's been great for them, like five, six games in a row of 14, at least at least 14 points. So Kansas and Alabama are the two teams that I go, man, those have really, really interesting teams. I would not want to see them in my bracket because they have a chance to be really special. And and like, I don't know if, if a lot of people have seen how much better Jalen Wilson has gotten. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you have like this narrative in your head of what Jalen Wilson was compared to what he is now. He is a lot better. And I think Grady Dick can get a lot better. And obviously, Bill Self is Bill Self. So that, that those two teams are the ones that really pop off the page. And then Houston. Houston's nasty. But the problem with Houston is just going to be, I don't know if anybody's going to care about them for the next two months. They're going to be really good. But, you know, the other night they're out they're losing at home to South Florida for a minute. And it's like, okay, you know, like if they were to take one, just because, look, a team's not going to go three months without having an L unless they're elite elite, which maybe they are. I think people will probably be like, okay, Houston, you know, they don't play anybody. Memphis, are they that great? Maybe they lose to Memphis. But I think that's a deep team. I think Tennessee is another team. And I hate to go all SEC on our on our favorite teams here because I don't know that the league is, is the best in the country. I think that's the Big 12. But Tennessee's got the number one defense right now. Uh, I think it was – I want to say it was Terrence Oglesby on our show the other night said, it looks like it hurts to play Tennessee. Like, they're just a physical beat-you-up team. And I, if I had to put my stamp on something, I would say that this is a year where Rick Barnes finally finally gets to an Elite Eight or a Final Four or something like that with Tennessee. Well, and the data says you need two point guards to win. They got three. So Tennessee has three different guys that can – be a lead guard and that that's really impressive so yeah I, i'm with you tennessee and alabama are, are really really fun teams to watch isaac you off the must bus have three losses in four games i'm not off the must bus but man their offense is a train wreck and it, I, I feel bad for him a little bit without nick smith jr the five-star guard and without trayvon Bazil, like those two guys not having them just changes things but their their offense gets really stagnant they can play some defense and 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 that's fine and if when they get out in transition it's fun but it, it's a little frustrating right now because they just don't have enough. Like they, they literally will play lineups with one guy who's an above thirty-five percent three-point shooter. Like that's just that's a really tough recipe to win when you can't can't shoot at all. Well, guys, this was fun, man. Uh, Isaac Trotter, Trevor Valise, boys. We'll have to do this again in a month and see if uh, we figured out who's good in the Big Ten because I, I I don't know if we'll know by then. It might just be a repeat of what we're doing now, but <laughs> that's fine. I'll do it again. We can tell again why Northwestern stinks. Even yeah. though probably like. 12 and th- 7 in the Big Ten. And Isaac can wax poetic about some other Ohio State freshman <laughs> who's popping off. Thank you, Trevor. Yep. Thank you, Isaac. Anytime. Great stuff. Appreciate those guys coming on. We will do that uh, again, you know, in a couple of weeks, maybe a month, mid-February. See where we're at in the Big Ten and sort all this out yet again. All right, everybody enjoy the Illinois-Michigan State game. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. Give us a rating and review. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Hit the like button. That really, really helps us out. And, of course, check out all the latest in Illinois basketball, Illinois football, Illinois women's basketball, uh, all at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.